Hi and welcome. This is your time for the Good News Podcast, the place where you'll hear nothing but good news. We are your hosts, Susan and Dan Granfield. So here we are with episode two. We had such a great response to our first episode with nearly 100 downloads, so that's really given us the impetus to record another one. We've actually been quite surprised at the response and the feedback that people have been giving us, haven't we, Dan? Yes, it seems we've really struck a chord with people and they've enjoyed having a bit of lightness and joy in amongst all the doom and gloom of the media. And that's what this is all about, to offer brightness in the gloom of news reporting and to highlight and celebrate the good that is going on in the world. Yeah, so in a moment, Dan's going to kick off with our first story for the episode. But first, I wanted to let you know that we've already been taking on board your feedback. So a number of you said that you'd love to be able to tell us which of the stories we've shared you like the most. And you also want to share some of the good news stories that you've come across. So to help with that, we have created a Facebook page where you can chat with us and we can chat with you. You can see a bit more about some of the stories we're sharing. And so if you head over to Facebook and find Susan and Dan's podcast, so that's Susan and Dan's podcast, and like the page, we can start the conversation. Okay, now over to you, Dan, for our first story. Great story from the animal world. Dogs are officially our oldest friend as well as our best friend. So DNA evidence has revealed that dog domestic domestication can be traced back 11,000 years to the end of the last ice age. Wow. Crikey. This confirms dogs were domesticated before any other known species. Mm. Sorry, cat people. 6,000 years ago. So dogs are 5,000 years superior to cats, it seems, as companions to humans. Might get some outrage from the cat lovers (laughs) out there. Traces of ancient indigenous breeds have also been found in the Americas, Asia, Africa, Oceania, Oceania and Europe. So Mm. dogs are prolific throughout the world as well. Mm -hmm. Dr. Pontus Skogland... Mm. who is leader of the ancient genomics laboratory at London's Crick Institute I think we can safely say he's a mega boffin (laughs) conducted the study and now wants to try and find out why that happened and how it happened Uh Um, just to put that in perspective how long ago 11,000 years ago Britain and Ireland were still joined to the continent of Europe Okay. Um, so that just shows you this is a long long time ago it's the end of the Paleolithic period, I think, just before the Mesolithic period started. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about hunter-gatherers. Right. I would love to meet that human being that befriended a wolf <laughs> and brought it into its house yeah. and uh, you know, became companions. Yeah. And I think there's various you know, stories that could suggest how that maybe happened. You know, befriend an injured animal, the injured animal becomes a friend. Yeah, yeah. Made films lines, out of stuff like that, haven't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. but... 11,000 years. Mm, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. They're one for the dog lovers. And actually sticking with that, um, I've got another dog story. Um, this The headline for this one was The Loneliest Dog Finds a Home. So it sounds, it's a little bit sad, but also it's got a happy ending. So one of Britain's loneliest dogs has finally found a home after spending more than 10 years in a rescue oh. centre. So Bess, a black and white border collie. Now, if you go over to Facebook, our Facebook page, you'll see a picture of Bess. She's very cute. Very cute. She arrived at the Last Chance Animal Rescue Centre in Edenbridge in Kent when she was very young. She was hit by a car and her owners were no longer able to care for her. 
So she was at the centre for over a decade and staff um, made various appeals, but they made a fresh appeal for an animal lover to come forward and give her a home. And it actually received global attention. They were inundated with hundreds of applications to adopt her from all over the world, from America, Australia and various other places. So Bess now has is now settled in the south coast of England after staff managed to whittle down all of their options um, to find the best home for this celebrity dog. Great story. And I bet there's a good news about the good use of social media in, in bringing attention to Bess's plight as yes, well. Yes, yeah. I'd be interested to see how it actually, um, how it actually came, how they did the appeal. Because mm. if you think about She's been in there for 10 years mm-hmm. um, and a, an emotional story about a, an older dog mm-hmm. having not been adopted yeah. has been pushed out to the world and they've been inundated with people wanting to mm. take care of her. Fantastic yeah. stuff. Yeah. So dogs truly are man's best friend, I think. Yeah. Or human's best friend. Human's best friend. Right, moving on then to more of a kind of human interest story. Um, so this story comes from Washington in the in the USA. Um, a policewoman, Deputy Elliot, was responding to the scene of an accident involving multiple vehicles and a suspect um, who was a drunk driver um, trying to escape the, the scene of the crime. Um, she, she rushed in to try and stop the driver who was trying to get away and um, it quickly got violent. Things escalated, the two of them struggled as she tried to detain him, but he soon overpowered her and placed his hands around her neck. Now, as luck would have it just at that moment, five teenagers were passing the teens managed to overpower the man and held him down so that Deputy Elliot could put handcuffs on him. And that's not all. Um, the, the Kings County Sheriff's Office really wanted to recognise their bravery because they, they could have walked past. Um, they could have done nothing. They could have just phoned um, the police. But by that time, it might have been too late for her to get back up. So because of their fast action and their bravery, they were each awarded the Medal of Heroism Award. Um, by the the Kings County uh, Sheriff Office, and so <clears throat> I think that's a good news story because, well, great, you know, the policewoman was saved basically from from certainly a pretty um, horrendous experience, but it also says something about teenagers. I think teenagers can often be quite, you know, maligned, much maligned and, yeah, much maligned teenagers, <clears throat> and you know, fantastic story. You know, we do quite often think about teenagers hanging around at bus stops causing problems things like that mm. not these five yeah they helped a you know a police officer in distress they obviously collaborated with each other and made the decision that that was the right thing to do yeah. fantastic stuff. yeah so good on them. so really good really good right back to you dan so yes from the world of nuclear fusion interestingly mm-hmm. so mast or the mega amp spherical tokamak right has been turned on in oxfordshire this is a pioneering nuclear fusion experiment. You may say, why is this good news? Mm-hmm. This is good news because the development of nuclear fusion will lead to clean, limitless energy. Right. Good. Yeah? So as opposed to fission, which we presently use in nuclear power stations, mm-hmm. it produces a very nasty byproduct called radiation, mm. which as we know from Chernobyl and Fukushima can cause all sorts of problems yeah, yeah. and you know, pretty horrific stuff. So the way it um, differs in that fusion involves, fission involves a heavy chemical element being split to produce lighter ones. Mm -hmm. Fusion works by combining two lighter elements to make a heavier one. Okay. It's it's effectively replicating the sun's processes. Oh, right. That's how the sun works. Okay. By fusion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So the aim is to have the first 
fusion power station in the UK by 2040. Right. So this experiment has, has taken seven years to build this thing, okay. 55 mm -hmm. million pounds. The good news is the advancement of energy technology mm. that will lead to us not having to use um, fossil fuels mm -hmm. and burning stuff, which we know from you know, our previous podcast, we talked about the reduction in car emissions based on um, the amount of cars off the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, It can only be good. Mm. The issues they face is harnessing such huge amounts of energy um, safely. Um, right, it, and so the the whole thing doesn't fall apart when this energy is produced because it ah, can produce so much. Okay, so it's tricky, mm -hmm. but this experiment has now started, mm -hmm. and you know this coupled with banning uh, petrol and diesel cars by two thousand and thirty shows the way forward yeah. to tackle mm -hmm. climate change and the climate um, problems that we have at the moment. Yeah. Of yeah, I, I love that. And I think we're finding more and more, aren't we, that there are lots of these types of experiments going on. So the solutions to the problems of climate change are out there. People know yeah. what the possibilities are, but getting the funding and yeah. getting the backing to get them off the ground is really difficult. So this is great because it's actually happening. It's no longer just a concept. It's actually happening. Yeah. And I must mention the place where they're doing it. It's the Cullum Centre for Fusion Energy. Brilliant. Which I imagine is full of mega boffins. Mega boffins, yes. Well, you gave us a little bit of a chemistry lesson there, telling us a bit about that. I think it's so probably physics. Of... You'll find. Oh, physics. Oh, okay, that shows you what I know about science. Moving swiftly on. Okay, this is uh, another human interest story, um, which I really loved. So, Chris Nickick from Florida has become the first person with Down syndrome to compete in and complete finish an Ironman triathlon. He swam 2.4 miles, cycled 112 miles and ran 26.2 miles, crossing the line in 16 hours, 46 minutes and 9 seconds. Wow. So in Ironman's 42-year history, no athlete with Down syndrome has even attempted the event, let alone finished it. What I really love about this story is how Chris moved into doing Ironman triathlons. So it started when his dad noticed that he was becoming increasingly sedentary. And so he encouraged Chris to become 1% fitter each day. And his training began with a single push-up. Now, I think that's really inspiring because often things can feel like a big mountain to climb. And certainly doing an Ironman triathlon is, is a pretty big undertaking. And it can almost feel overwhelming, so we just don't start. But if we start with 1%, start with the thing you can do today, this just proves what what you can achieve. Um, and Chris's dad was quoted as saying, Iron Man has served as Chris's platform to come one step closer to his goal of living a life of inclusion, normalcy and leadership. And it's an example, he's an example to um, other kids and families that face similar barriers proving no dream or goal is too high. If Chris can do an Iron Man, he can do anything. Brilliant, amazing. I mean, I saw an interview with him on TV and he's quite blasé about his achievements. Very really? cool guy, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. You know, and also looking at that, you know, swimming 2.4 miles. I don't think I can even swim <laughs> 2.4 miles, never alone, never mind do the other yeah. two events afterwards. Yeah. Uh, it took me about three months, I think, mm. to do what he did in 16 hours. So good on him. Yeah, good yeah, brilliant. Yeah. 
Right, and this is my final story and then Dan's got one more to go. Um, and this is one for all the long-suffering Scottish football supporters out there, my wee brother being one of them. So defying the bookmaker's odds, Scotland will be represented at an international football tournament wow. next year. That This is big news, whether it's good news or not. Um, it's only taken 22 years uh, to get here. So David Marshall's dramatic penalty save from Alexander Mitrovic sealed the deal. Um, and the wait, so the wait, the recurring disappointment and the resignation of facing another loss that has become common for Scottish football supporters is over. And a whole new generation of Scottish football supporters can watch Scotland competing on the world stage. So fathers like my brother can sit with their children and watch through their hands as Scotland face their opponents in Group D, one of which is England. Come on, England. So we're going to play twice at home at at Hampden and once at Wembley on 18th of June. We'll do a post-match podcast after that and see yeah. who has the bragging rights for those games huh? yeah let's let's see about that one yeah. anyway um, well done Scotland um, and I will be cheering you on next year Dan final story it's a corporate good story um, if everyone's aware of the, the store Dunelm mm-hmm. there's homewares in the UK I think they have 140 stores big employer you know very colourful stores with lots of stuff in them well they all their stores in the UK now have a Christmas tree in them And on that Christmas tree are basically name tags or parcel tags, should we say. Mm. And these parcel tags will have someone's name, um, their age and what they'd like for Christmas. And they're generally from places like care homes or community organisations that Dunelm has partnered with. And these people might not be receiving much cheer at Christmas. Mm. So Dunelm's Deliver Joy campaign um, is there's a tree in every store. Um, The customer goes in takes a label, buys the gift, gives it back to Dunelm, and Dunelm will deliver it to those who are less fortunate on Christmas Day. Oh, nice. Making sure all these people get a Christmas present. Mm. For me, everybody wins. Mm. Yeah, so Dunelm sell more goods. Mm-hmm. The customer that's bought the additional goods for someone else feels great and feels like they're doing something decent uh, you know, at this time of year. And then the less fortunate person receives a gift. Mm. Fantastic. Everyone's yeah. a winner. Um, you know it really is um, a great idea I think we should all get down to Dunelm and make sure that all those people and the the main community partners are care homes which is even more relevant Uh, obviously care homes affected badly by the global pandemic that's going on Mm. Um, a bit more loneliness not being able to see um, relatives as much and people in care homes who don't have any family are going to receive Mm. a gift due to a great idea from Dunelm lovely yeah. yeah, fantastic stuff. Yeah, great. And and there's probably other organisations that are doing similar things, but it, it's really, is Dunelm really taking what we know is true, that if we do something nice for someone else, we feel good and they feel good. So yeah. it, it's that, that gift of kindness. And we should say we're not sponsored by Dunelm. No, we're certainly not. No. Although we're open to that if Dunelm <laughs> happened to be listening. Right, I think that's us, isn't it, Dan? It is, yeah, yeah. fantastic. So the that's there. yeah, that's us for this month's episode. And actually, you may well find that we're going to come to you more often than once a month. We've got so many good news stories already in the pipeline. Um, we've got some potential interviews coming up with people who are doing some great stuff. So it may well be that you hear more, hear from us more than once before the end of the year. Um, and what a year it's been. So if you've enjoyed this dose of good news, go over to Facebook, Susan and Dan's podcast, 
and like our page and also share the joy with others by passing the link to the podcast um, on to friends, family, colleagues, share it on social media um, and just as a reminder the name is Time for the Good News. Thanks for now, bye.